0: to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 10. Here's Pastor Ryan.
1: Are you open to chapter 1? You are
0: not, right? Let's turn there. Just really
1: quick. It says Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kalinan, Mahalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The sons of Japheth were, and go down to verse 8, what does it say? The sons of Ham were, go down to 17, what does it say? The sons of Shem to 32, now the sons born to Ketherah. So you see the sons of, the sons of, the sons of. This brought confidence to them. This brought comfort to the Jews, knowing who they were, who they are. For when we do not know where we came from or who we are, it is difficult to go forward. Would you agree? If we don't know where we came from, we don't know who we are, it's difficult to move forward, to be blessed. I think about the days that we're living in and how... Ancestry.com is such a popular site. Everyone wants to know, who, you know where they come from. You know, what, where, where does the bloodline go? You know, I'm part this, part that. And, and I, get, I get the intrigue to that. I've often thought to myself, I would like to know, you know what I am. Because as someone who doesn't really know much about who, <laughs> who they are or where they come from, you know, growing up without a father. And when my father left, it wasn't like he left when I was like three or four or ten. He left from birth. You know, I grew up that way and then I had a stepfather and a broken home. My mother wasn't interested in my life. And so, who am I? Well, I belong to Jesus Christ. Amen. But I'm so blown away at how God called me me to pastor yet I come from a, from a background of not knowing my ancestry too much I did talk to my father a couple times, I did do his funeral, I did, you know, there was some interaction later very few, maybe about four times altogether in my life but the first thing I asked was where, where do I come from, what's Hussein all about he said I was Lebanese. I have an older sister from, from him. She said I was Lebanese. I talked to his brother on Hawaii. And he says, no, bro, we're Palestinian. <laughs> so, you know, and but their mother, my grandmother, was full-blooded Hawaiian. And, they, and my father was raised by his Hawaiian mother. So they're all Hawaiian out. And the Hussein, his father took off on him when he was a child as well. So I don't know much, and that's okay. So there's that saying that we use in this world. He comes from a good family, right? He comes from a good family. She comes from a good family. But what if they don't? What if they don't come from a good family? What hope for them is in God? The beautiful thing about God, why I love him so much, is because he's the God of the fatherless. It says in his word, when your mother and father forsake you, then the Lord will be your help. You see, Jesus Christ didn't just die on the cross for our sins, but he died to make us sons and daughters, to make us family. Church isn't just a place where people get saved, it's a place where people get adopted. So Ancestry.com, I looked it up and it's all right here. <laughs> I come from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You need to know where you're from. And there are Christians today who struggle because they they either they come from bad ho- families, broken homes, kind of the same background I did. Maybe you you came from a two-parent home. Maybe you came from a, a, a place of, you know, you had family, but But there was something wrong. There's something wrong with that. And there's something wrong in your life. And you need to know tonight that God loves you. That he came to adopt you as his own. We cannot choose our heritage. I couldn't, you know, God didn't ask me when I was born in Los Angeles, you're going to be Mexican, Hawaiian, Arabic. Like, I didn't ask. It just, it happened. And you know, our heritage is in Christ, and we need to be confident in that, like your self-worth cannot be in, oh, well, you know, my father, my grandfather, my, my mother, my grandmother, and all, it's fine if you have good examples, good family, that's a wonderful thing, but not everybody has it, and in today's day, less and less people are, are being raised with fathers, that's a problem with crime in the poor neighborhoods, and jail, and all of those things, it's, fatherlessness is the biggest problem, So there's a lot of people who feel outcasted like God doesn't love them because a neighbor, a friend has mom, dad, aunts, uncles, cousins, family, love, support. And and you feel like you're left out. That's how I felt coming into a situation in life like job interviews and career choices. And what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to make a living? Who am I going to get married to? All of those things are harder for he or she who does not have family support, end of story. Family, even if they're poor, but they support you, is such a beautiful thing. Support, love is the greatest uh, motivator to do well. Love, family. And when you don't have that, there's a lot who don't have that. Maybe you do have a mom and dad and they're not interested. There's no contact, there's no calling, they, they, you know, whatever it is, God loves you, God knows where you're at, who you are, and he's chose you and I since the foundations of the world. He, he knew us when we were being formed in our mother's womb. How beautiful is that? To, you know, I lived many, many years, 20, almost 24 years of being miserable, of having no earthly heritage, no earthly inheritance, And the Bible says that he relieves the fatherless and the widow. Relieves. You know, relief. Relief. It's cold for the fatherless. It's cold for the orphan. It's a cold world. It is. Getting your information secondhand. You know, there's no one, you know, going to you to give you that love, that information, asking how you are. You know, there's a lot of pain that people have because of lack of uh, parents, lack of an earthly inheritance or, or heritage. But none of that matters once we find Jesus because he becomes our father. And you have to know that, guys. If not, you'll never be content as a Christian. You'll never be healed from the pain of the past if you are not content with Jesus today. You know, Satan wants to just, you know, pigeonhole us into being fatherless, unwanted, motherless, whatever it is. But God, you know, that's what he came for. He came to be our father. He came to make us his children. He came to give us an inheritance not made with hands. I mean, I just cannot believe how good God is. And my life, my early life was miserable, miserable, not for one year, we're talking years, we're talking till I joined a gang at 15, and why would I be so stupid to do that, I had, I had lost all hope, I had not, I didn't care about myself, I knew there was mean people that I wanted to punch in the face really bad, and so I did it, Until so God rescued me. And that's what he does. So genealogies, you know, have fun with it. If you can go on Ancestry.com and find out that your great, 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 great grandfather was a king and a warrior that uh, freed some island in the South Pacific or something, who knows, you know. Maybe I'm related to King Kamehameha. <laughs> I don't know. I'm related to Jesus. That's all that matters. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says but when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons and because you are sons God has sent forth the holy spirit of his son into your hearts crying out abba father therefore you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then and then an heir of God through Christ so as a son or daughter, he gives us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. People say, oh, blood is thicker than water. Well, thick is the Spirit of God that comes from heaven into this messed up vessel to renew my mind and re- re- regenerate me and give me a new life. That's crazy. And for eternity, God's grace and glory is going to be praised out of your life and my life as we're in heaven and people are going to say I cannot believe it look at look at this person he's in heaven yeah, I didn't come from a bad family I mean I came from a bad family but now I'm from a good family and that's how I married a good girl from pretty world who was a sinner just like me but her sins were not as out, outward as mine were <laughs> And so let's go to chapter 10 and begin. We can't choose our heritage, but can we choose our legacy? Yes. What what are we going to leave? I'm building my children's legacy. I'm building it. I have a library full of books that can help them. They get to see papa pray in the backyard. They get to see him prepare messages in his office. They get to see him serve God's people. That's a legacy. I mean, my, nothing would give me greater joy than to see my kids walk with the Lord. Period. Alright, verse 1, chapter 10. And the reason why we're skipping all the chapters prior to it, you can read it before, it's because it's all the genealogies. The son of so forth, and the son of so forth, and the son of so forth, and the son of so forth. And we get to chapter 10, and then we begin with uh, the death of King Saul. We read in verse 1, Now the Philistines fought against Israel. And the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul, that's King Saul, the first king of Israel, and his sons. And the Philistines killed Jonathan, that's his son, David's friend, Abinadab, and Malchishua, Saul's sons. The battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him, and he was wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised men come and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. And then his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead. He also fell on his sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died. And all his house died together. And when all the men of Israel who were in the valley saw that they had fled. And that Saul and his sons were dead. They forsook their cities and fled. Then the Philistines came and dwelt in them. And so here we see the Philistines Killing the first king of Israel, Saul. And for those of you who don't know, maybe you're first, you haven't read the stories before, but Saul was the first king of Israel who had so much potential to bring glory to God and to lead God's people as their first king. But instead he did his own thing. He did not honor the word of the Lord. And so this um, defeat that we just read is because of it. And he was warned that it would take place because he did not want to honor the word of the Lord. And so it happened the next day when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul and his sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. And they stripped him. And took his head and his armor and sent word throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news in the temple of their idols and among the people. Then they put his armor in the temple of their gods and fastened his head in the temple of Dagon. Crazy, huh? And when all Jabesh Gilead heard all that the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons, and they were hanging in um, Bethshemesh from the from the city walls. And these valiant men went and took them down, and they buried them. They buried their bones. Uh, uh, they brought them to Jabesh, and they buried their bones under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and fasted seven days. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness which he had committed against the Lord, because he did not keep the word of the Lord, and also because he consulted a medium for guidance. But he did not inquire of the Lord, therefore he, God, killed him, and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. So it's a small chapter about Saul, and then it gets right into the son of Jesse, which is David, King David's life. But turn with me really quick to 1 Samuel chapter 15. We'll Read, you know, one of the most famous moments of King Saul's disobedience to God. It's one of the classic scriptures there in 1 Samuel chapter 15. We're going to be beginning in verse 10. God wanted to take out the Amalekites because they had hindered the Israelites as they were going into the land. And the Lord, you know, said that he would... uh, one day repay them for that. And he wanted to use King Saul and his people to go in there and wipe them out. And that's the story here. It says, the word of the Lord came to Samuel the prophet saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. Actually, we're beginning in verse one. Uh, Samuel chapter 15. Samuel also said to Saul, this is when God gives King Saul the command to go kill him. The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people over Israel. Now therefore heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish uh, Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek. And utterly destroy all that they have, and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. So Saul gathered the people together, numbered them in Telam, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah, and Saul came to a city of Amalek, and they lay wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Canaanites, go depart, get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from among the Amalekites, and Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havelah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But listen to this in verse 9. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them, but everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. And so he didn't destroy all as God had asked them to. He saved all the the good loot, but he destroyed things that were not worth anything. And now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel and indeed he set up a monument for himself and he has gone on around, passed by and gone down the Gilgad. Then Samuel went to Saul and Saul said to him, blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Samuel hears all the loot, all the animals, you know, doing what animals do. I'm a city boy. And Saul said, oh, they have have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet and I will tell you what the Lord has said to me last night. He said, speak on. So Samuel said, when you were little, in your own eyes, you were not head of the tribes of Israel. And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took of the plunder sheep and oxen the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgag. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as the iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. King Saul's life is a story of just wasted opportunity, wasted talent. I mean, God blessed him. Homeboy was super handsome. You know that? It said that he was more handsome than anybody else in Israel. Can you imagine getting that label from scripture about you? (laughs) I heard a friend, a pastor say one time, he, he would have made a good hand model. Like he was just so handsome. Every, everything about him was handsome. He was taller than anybody else. It said in Israel, a uh, shoulder, up, shoulders above everybody else. But rather than honor the word of the Lord, he did his own thing. He kind of he did the word of the Lord sometimes, but sometimes he didn't. And when it counted, he didn't. And he sought you know seers and uh, medium and spiritists, which is illegal to do for Israelites. So he was. He ended up being a bad king with, with waste, who wasted opportunities that God had given him. And it was like God gave him opportunity in the beginning. He told him, I will bless you and the people, just honor me. And we're even told that Samuel the prophet, who loved him, who, who was there by his side to help him if he needed help, loved him. It says that, he, that Samuel loved him and wept for him. You know, and you think about our lives. You think about the opportunities that God has given you and I. Now, I talked about when we come to the cross, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ and believe that he died on the cross and on the third day was raised from the dead for our sins to justify us. He doesn't just save us from our sins and gives us eternal life and then gives us the spirit by which we become sons and daughters, by which we cry out, Abba, Papa. We don't just become forgiven and, uh, children of God, but we become heirs to our king. And the Bible refers to us as kings and priests unto our Lord in Revelation. So we become kings and priests. Yes, the fatherless, the motherless, the outcast, the sinner, the whatever we come from. We come to Christ. He makes us that. He makes you and I to be kings and priests unto the Lord. We serve him. He is our king. But we be, we are related to royalty now. King Saul is the first king. Royalty, amen? When we come to the Lord and we're born again, John 3, 3, when we become born again, I mean... How many people on earth would say, oh, if I can only be, start my life over again. I have made so many mistakes. I have faltered so much in my life. Look at where I'm at at this age. I should be here, here, here. I have, I've messed up my life. But with God, when we are born again, guess what we get? A new start in life. As heirs to a king. Who's the king of a kingdom. Who gives us supernatural power to live in this world. So we too start really well. And as, he, as Samuel told Saul, when I took you, you weren't the head of the families of the tribes of Israel. You were a nobody. God made you somebody. All of us were no one. We were lost. And now we've been found. He has forgiven us and has given us his spirit. And we have a new chance at life.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab.